Amen. God bless you, brother and sister. Amen. God is good. And all the time, amen. And he did it, right? We, we didn't do it. I think sometimes we think, man, we made it. 2017, we made it. But it's more like 2017, he did it. He got you and me through it. We didn't do anything special. We can't pat ourselves on the back for 2017, 2016, I should say. It was God. It was his mercy. It was his grace. You know, we all walk through those doors, brothers and sisters, uh, with different emotions today. Some of us are just sleepy. How many of y'all stayed up until midnight last night? Raise your hand. Amen. Praise God. That I do want to, I want you to take your hand and pat yourself on the back. Because you did make it here today, this morning. And the pastors weren't nice enough to, to move the service up a little bit so we could sleep in, right? Praise God for your attendance, brothers and sisters. And the truth is that we all come in a little different. We all come into to the house of the Lord this morning with different feelings and different emotions. You know, perhaps your year was a good year. Perhaps you were overly blessed and, and, and you're just abundantly blessed, maybe is the right way. And maybe not so much. Maybe you you dragged. Maybe you just made it through the year. You feel like, man, Lord, like I am looking forward to a new year. I am looking for better toward for better things in my life. But nevertheless, brothers and sisters, we started it off the right way. You know, and I pray that whatever and however you participated last night, that it was done in a proper fashion. You know, I, I, I'm a I'm a straight shooter type of person, and I just I, I'm always taken back by the way the world celebrates a new year, by the things that they they engage in, you know, at New Year's parties, you know, they basically end the year and start the year the very same way. And then they ask themselves, and then throughout the year they cry and they come to church once in a while perhaps, and they say, Lord, God, why, God, why this, why that? Pastor, why me? You know, brother, why? And it's like, you started off on the wrong foot. You know, how many of you ever, who, how many of you have ever ran track or know a little bit about track? Be good, amen. You know that it's important that your takeoff, your start is very key. It's a very important part of, of track. And I wasn't a, a track person at all, but I know enough to know that the way you set, set up, the way you start, the, the, the way you, you, you break off the, what do you call those things? Someone help me? The blocks. The way you get off the blocks is important. And maybe not so much when you're not experienced or you're very immature or you're very young. Maybe you can you can overcome that when your other competition is just isn't as fast as you. But as you get to, to a level where you're competing at, at a high level, everything matters. And the way you get off the blocks is one of the most important things. Brother and sister, likewise are we, you know, in this life that we live. The way we start off our, our, our new year is going to dictate what your year is going to be like. If you start off high and mighty and you start off motivated, then I promise you, you're going to hit it hard. You're going to hit that year, year uh, month one, month two, month three, month four. Maybe by month five, yeah, it starts hurting. Maybe by month six, oh, my God, but you're already halfway there. But if you start off, brother and sister, just kind of, oh, or the wrong way, you know what I'm talking about, or the wrong way more and more so, right? Or the wrong way, angry and mad and upset, hating the world. I promise you, month number two is going to be the hardest month you hit. 
and then every month after that, just the same. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, this year, obviously, we're here New Year's Day, the first day of 2017. I'm not that old, but I still can't believe we're in 2017. The world was supposed to end a long time ago. And I'm super, I guess I do, I feel super old. Because we graduated, some of us here, in the year 2000, right? And it was like Y2K, and I always talk about this. But I remember everybody was, oh, no, the world's going to end. The computers are going to crash. And here in Pearsall, the Picos, which isn't Picos no more, which is, should be a crime. It should always be Picos. Don't ever call it anything else, okay? I remember, like, driving with my parents, and, like, the, the cars were all the way down. What, what is this? I forget. One, what's Colorado, all the way down. Because people thought the gas pumps are going to malfunction and you're not going to be able to get gas. You had this line of people and everybody freaking out. And I'm thinking, man, Lord, just my luck, right? I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to be able to graduate. I had to put up with that woman for all these years and I'm not even going to be able to graduate. But God is so good. And that when man thinks that, that, that it's our time, God, I think I'm almost on purpose, God says, nope, not that day. I think if too many people get, get on the same page and pick a day on purpose, God says, well, I'm definitely not doing it that day. Just because he is God and he wants to prove the point in, in, in his scripture when he says that nobody will know the time or the hour. But praise God, brothers and sisters, that, that, that I graduated. Amen. <laughs> Remember your kids are here, so you should... Thank God I graduated, and all the parents say, amen. Or we want to be an example to them. I hope you're not one of those parents. Ah, you don't need school. I'll be, I've, I've done all right. I made a living at home. Praise God that we made it. Praise God that we're here in 2017. And, and I just want to, I don't know why Pastor B even, even hints that it's going to take five minutes, because it's not. That wasn't even my intro. So. That was my intro to my intro, brothers and sisters. And, and look, if I'm awake, brothers and sisters, everybody here should be awake. Look, I see Brother Pruitt's awake. So Brother Pruitt's awake. Because I assume, well, maybe, who, who's the eldest? Who's the eldest? Brother, 82 years old. Can anybody top 82? So Brother Pruitt. And he's here and he's awake. All of us should be awake. So everybody go like this one last time. One last time. Get them out. Get the little things out. You know what I'm talking about. Get them all out. And say, okay, praise God. We're halfway through it, brothers and sisters. Amen. Let's jump into the word real quick. Um, we're not going to be using the study guide, so Pastor Fred, you can close that. Yay. So I'll tell you a little story, right? And y'all have heard this one before that. Y'all should know by now that Pastor Fred and myself, we alternate, right? We alternate weeks, uh, uh, Sundays, right? And, and it's been like that for a while now, and it's been a blessing, I think, to, to Pastor Fred because he gets to, to recover, right? Uh, and, and I get to get some experience, so it's good for me as well, right? So we swap these weeks, and I think I've told you before that up to this point, and even if you look at the Bible app, okay, or our church app, you realize there's a lot more of me than there is of Pastor Fred. And I always give him a hard time because I say, Dad, how in the world is it that I'm bringing more messages than you? And we always laugh about it, right? Because... The truth is, is we're human beings, right? Did y'all know that? And, and and it's work to prepare yourself and to bring a message. And if you're doing it, you know, all the time, it, it, it's work. Uh, it's not something we complain about, but it, 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 
it takes its toll. It's it's a lot of work. Um, and I always give give that a hard time. I say, man, I say, are you ever gonna preach again? You know, because I've been preaching this day, I've been preaching that day, all the holidays, all the special. You probably get tired of me, brothers and sisters, because I don't know if you've been taking notes, but but it's like Mother's Day, Tim, Father's Day, Tim, whatever day, Tim, back to school day, Tim, 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 Tim. Like, hey, Dad, start preaching. All right. So we always we always go back and forth, right? And uh, and I thought I was all smart. I thought I was all slick, right? Because we didn't have church last Sunday. And if you remember Sunday before, who brought the message? Pastor Fred, right? So technically, I'm thinking, okay, Pastor Fred brought the message. We have off on the the, the week that I'm supposed to bring the message, so I don't have to preach, right? And then technically, today was supposed to be whose? If you know patterns, for those of us who graduated, for those of us who graduated, patterns, right? So it was Pastor Fred, it was supposed to be me, which we didn't have church. Who's supposed to be up here today? Everybody with me? Pastor Fred. Grandpa, that's right. And then somehow, yesterday, while we were there, he's like, you're bringing the message, son. And I, I can't say no, he's my dad, right? So he's like, if dad tells you to do something, you got to do it. I said, no, I'm dad. I guess I got to do it, right? So I'm up here, brothers and sisters. And he's there, resting. But God knows all things. Maybe I just need more experience. Amen? Maybe I, he's had hundreds of years of doing this. <laughs> amen? No, no, it's amen. Everyone's scared. Amen. So let's jump right into it, brothers and sisters. I didn't use the guide for that reason. Um, and, and it's, it's a very simple, very simple message I have today. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Philippians. Uh, we're going to be reading Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. Amen. And it's, um, it's, it's a fa- fairly straightforward message, brothers and sisters, today. But, but just to kind of put us in the right frame of thought, the title I had today was Inventory. Amen. Everybody know the word inventory? And I don't know, Brother Adam, there it is. Inventory. I feel like if I say it more times, you're going to understand it more. That's not the right version. Inventory. Who can tell me what inventory is? A list of things that you have? Amen? Anybody else? Brother Delmer? An accountability? Amen? Anyone else? Inventory. Everybody understand the word inventory? Amen. So we're at the end of the year, and a, a lot of a lot of businesses, what they do is at the end of the year, they do something called inventory. I don't know if you've ever worked in the retail space, uh, uh, you know, any place where you have lots of goods or you have lots of products. Um, what you do is, is you do it periodically. If you're a good business, you do it quarterly, right? You go in there and you count and, and you keep track. And, and, and Pastor B is right. The definition, Shreya, the, the Webster's Dictionary, is to make a complete list. To make a complete list, and it goes into detail as far as to make a list of property, goods, content, services, whatever that may be. The word inventory means that you go and you take a list and you take count of, of, of what you have. But as a business, you do, you do that so that you know where you're at. You know, every business that's out there uh, wants to be a successful business. I don't think that there's any businesses out there that want to be complete failures. There's no one that opens a, a, a restaurant and says, God, I open a week, we're closed down. 
There's no entrepreneur that goes out there and says, man, I'm going to start a construction business and I hope somebody falls off the roof and they sue me and I can't work for the rest of my life. I don't think anybody goes out there with those intentions. Instead, businesses go out there with the intent to be successful, to be, you know, a, a, a dominant entity in whatever field that they're in. And the businesses go about things and they have a certain amount of things that they have to do. One of those things is inventory. Because a lot of things can happen during the course of the year. And if you're not careful or as business is not careful, you could lose things. If you're not if you're not paying attention throughout the year and you don't get to the end of the year and you don't take an inventory, you don't you don't know what you lost. You don't know what you misplaced. You don't know what someone stole. Okay? And now all these things are gonna are gonna kick in here in a little bit. You probably know where I'm going with. But you also don't know what you're starting the year without. Everybody with me still? So as a business owner, it's, it's, it's my responsibility to take inventory of where my business stands at the end of the year so that I know what I'm without, I know what I have, and I know what I have to replace as I go into the new year. And obviously it's New Year's Day, so we're talking about preparations for New Year's. Amen? So with that said, brothers and sisters, very quickly, Philippians, once again, chapter 3, verse 12 through 16. I'm going to read all the verses, and then we'll go back and break them down, uh, some of them down. It says, not that I have already obtained all of this or already have been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining forward for what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Verse 16. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. So we read here in Philippians that the author, Paul, a.k.a. or also known as before was what? Saul is writing this letter and is writing to the Philippians, if you will, and he's giving them a description of something in his life. But it's very important for us to understand that when we read this, this is coming several years after, several years after the road to Damascus. Right? We know the story of, of Saul and the conversion that he was a persecutor of Christians. He could not stand the idea of Christians. And when I mean a persecutor, we come to find that Saul killed and murdered Christians, people who believed in God, believed in Christ. So on the road to Damascus, as he was going on, on his trip to go and probably do more of the same we find that the Lord appeared to him. And that through that moment, through that circumstance, the Lord transformed Saul's life. Through that situation, the Lord took him, took his sight, and really reestablished something in Saul. Hence changing his name to Paul. And Paul was one of the greatest apostles of the Bible. You come to find that a lot of things in the New Testament are written by Paul. 
a lot of the things that we've learned as believers, as Christians, we learn from Paul. An individual much like us who were the worst of the worst, the most lost of the lost, the, the, the person that people didn't believe or think would ever be transformed, God took someone like that and made them such a critical part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The ministry of, of Jesus himself. Paul is responsible for spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth the way we know it now. A persecutor. Jesus said, why do you persecute me when he confronted him? He didn't say, why do you persecute my people? He said, why do you persecute me? The reality, brothers and sisters, is that before Saul became Paul, before Saul had that understanding or that revelation of who God was and Jesus was, the truth is, is that I feel that if, if, if Saul would have found Jesus man to man physically, that Saul would have had no problem trying to kill Jesus. Jesus asked the word, the Lord asked the word, why do you persecute me? And the transformation happened. And what we come to here in Philippians at this particular point where we read verses 12 through 16, we have to understand that he's speaking these words not newly converted. Not fresh off the, off the, 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 the hot plate. Like that pancake. That, ooh, it's, it, I don't know about you brothers and sisters, but, but pancakes are only good when they're fresh. Don't stack too many and feed them to me an hour later. Not cool. See, Saul is not writing this just being a fresh Christian. Everybody knows that what I mean when I say a fresh Christian. A noob, a newbie, right? Where, where man, your, your, your heart's there, the desire's there, but you make a lot of mistakes when you're first starting. You, you get a little too excited. And it's good to be on fire, but everything you touch just burns, literally, right? You want to help here, you want to help there, ah, ah, and, and you just spread yourself too thin. You're newly converted, right? You're newly redeemed. We have to understand that's critical. I want you to really, I want it to etch in your brain that when we read this story, when we read this place in the, in, in the Bible, he is not newly converted. He didn't just come to know the Lord. This is several years after. And he's talking about pressing on toward the goal. You and I, brothers and sisters, the fact of the matter is that you and I, we're pressing on towards a goal. There is a goal in this life. There is a purpose for you and me in this life. This life is not about all the things that we make. This life is not about being successful. I talked about graduating high school. I'm proud of that. But some of you have master's degree here. Praise God for that. But, but you know what? In God's eyes, you and I are the same. Hold your head up high, brothers and sisters. You graduated high school. You didn't, but you're successful. In God's eyes, you're successful. If you're moving for the Lord, moving in the ministry, you're better than most people. That's the reality. That's the fact of the circumstances. That's why I can go out there, brothers and sisters, and work with people that are smart, but they don't have the wisdom that God gives. I have the wisdom, praise God. You have the wisdom, praise God. So don't ever consider yourself blessed. You see, our purpose here on this earth is more than just the accolades and the success that we can gain by moving our own hands and our own feet. Sometimes we give ourselves too much credit. Let me say that again. Sometimes we give ourselves too much credit. Oh, 
Like you should be proud of yourself. You shouldn't be sad. You shouldn't be different. Yes, but you shouldn't give yourself too much credit either. Because we know that the Lord giveth and the Lord. How many of us know that? That the same way that the Lord gave, even if I don't want to acknowledge that it was God that gave it to me, even if I want to, I want to say, oh, that present, let me unwrap it, wrap it with my own stuff and give it to myself. It still came from God. Your success came from God. Everybody say that. My success came from God. Who I am came from God. Nothing you did. You can sit there all you want and tell me it's something you did. And if God would have said no any step of the way, it would have been no. My lovely wife over there and lovely mom always Tim, you should go to school. You're very smart. You should go to college. You should go, you should go, you should go, you should go. No. I shouldn't go to college. You know why I shouldn't go to college, brothers and sisters? Because that's not my calling. And trying to be as humble as I can, it's not going to sound humble, but if I wanted to go to college and get a master's degree, I could do it in a heartbeat. Because I know the Lord has given me wisdom. I didn't like school. It doesn't mean I wasn't good at school. That's the truth. But you know what? I don't need a college degree because why am I going to try to succeed out in the world where this is where I'm supposed to be succeeding? This is my calling, brothers and sisters. This is what God gave me, and this is the order of business. This is how he said, Tim, maybe I don't want you to go to college because this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I don't need anything to distract me from my purpose here on this life. Brothers and sisters, but you know, not only the pastor has a calling, you have a calling. We have our calling. Our purpose is very defined as human beings on this earth. And the only reason you work, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to really think about this. The only reason we work and have the opportunity to call what we do in life a success is because of the sin of man. Right? Because before the fall of, of Adam, there was, work was easy. Work didn't hurt. There was no pain. There was no, we didn't have to work the way we work today. But because of the fall of, of man, even even ladies, you know, you can call out your success, man. I I had three kids. I had five kids. And you want everybody to. But if it weren't for this, the fall of man, you wouldn't even be able to say that. Because labor pains come from what? From sin. So with all due respect, I know we have children here, but they would have just popped out. <laughs> You go about your business. And it'd be no, you wouldn't be able to tell your husband, well, you don't know what it's like to push a baby out. That's one of the things that makes me the most mad about sin is that our wives can call us out on it. It is, because men can't ever, we can't, that's the truth, right? That's the one thing we can't ever say, well, I know what you're feeling. I mean, we've been, we've been constipated before, I'm sure, but it's still not the same thing, right? It's not the same. Times however, right? Times 10. Times, uh, times more. Okay, and I'm not going to argue. There's a lot of things that we give ourselves a lot of credit for, brothers and sisters. 
give ourselves and, 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 and understand what I'm saying. I want you to be positive. The Lord, the, the scripture teaches us to be individuals who are positive about our lives, positive about our circumstances. Be positive, right? The joy of the Lord, that, that is our strength. It's having God's joy in our lives. And when you're doing well, praise God for that. I don't want you to misunderstand. But never go too far into to giving yourself the credit. You know, you can be, you can exalt and be happy about what you have while, while giving God all the glory all the time. And the Lord helped me get through this year. The Lord helped me accomplish and finish school this year. The Lord blessed me with the job this year. The Lord allowed me the wisdom, the knowledge, the behavior, the attitude, the character to get a promotion at work. Man, the Lord blessed me, blessed my, my, my loins, right, so that we could have this child that we had this year. The Lord did those things. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, and never get tired of saying the Lord. To give credit where credit is due. Paul was writing, and he says, you know, his purpose here in these few verses that we're reading is to press on toward the goal. We start 2017 with what goal set in mind. I, I know New Year's resolutions are coming or have already came. I know you're going to start telling yourself you're going to start doing things different in your life. And I hope and I pray that those things are things that, that involve God and, and the spirituality and, 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 and the holiness and the maturity in your life. But if we don't have it set right, there's going to be errors. There's going to be issues. And you're going to find yourself in 2018 by the grace of God in the same place. See, because the truth is just because you made it to the next year doesn't mean you did it all right. Don't take the fact that God's mercy was so great upon your life that you made it to 2017 as, as a sign that you did everything the way you were supposed to do it. A lot of people do that. We're all guilty of it at some point in our lives. Well, if God didn't punish me, I must be fine. There's a thing called mercy, and we all live by it every day. The Bible tells us very clearly, for his mercies are new what? Every morning. And a lot of times we take credit for the fact that we're still here the next morning. Oh, Lord, well, what I did last night, it was okay. Because I woke up. mercy brothers and sisters Paul wanted them to understand that something that, that there was something worth pressing toward it says there not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me listen to this brothers I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it this sounds a lot like the verse 12, doesn't it? 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward what is ahead. I told you earlier that it was important to understand that this wasn't a, a, a new Christian in, 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 in church, if you will. And this wasn't just any ordinary person. This was the Apostle Paul, and yet he writes very clearly a defined statement that he had not already obtained it. Mr. Paul, Apostle Paul, was taking inventory of his own circumstances and in his own life at this very moment that he wrote this letter. 
He was taking inventory, right? We know we talked about what inventory means. He was making a list of where he stood, spiritually speaking, before God. And after he took the time to go through the list of where he was really at, his faults, the things he did he didn't have, he came to a conclusion. And that was what? The conclusion was that he had not yet considered himself to have taken a hold of it. Our goals, brother and sister, in this life of Christianity and in our walk with the Lord is to eventually conquer it. To succeed in it. Not just to be más o menos. Not just to be, ah, we'll see how I get by. I'll squeeze in if I can. But to conquer it. To be the greatest success, just like we talked about a business. Not to drag yourself in. I know it sounds good and it probably makes sense. And we've said it before to try to pump people up. Even if you claw your way into heaven. Even if you're dragging into heaven. But do you know, brothers and sisters, that that's not the way God intended it. He wants us to come running. He says, run the race. Fight the good fight. With stamina. For he says he's there for us in all things. He says, I am with you. Fear not. Be not afraid. So God's intention is not for us to just barely make it. God's intention is for us to run into heaven. Paul understood something. He took inventory of his life and his circumstances spiritually. And he realized something. That he had not yet taken hold of it. So I have here a few things here. Number one, we have to be people who admit. We take inventory. You know, there's this, uh, there's this, uh, there's this show that, that we like to watch as a family. It's called The Prophet. Okay, not The Prophet, P-H. The Prophet, like money profit, right? The whole point of a business is to make a profit. You want to make money. You want to break even, and you definitely don't want to lose money. You want to make money. And this show talks about this billionaire who goes around, and it might some of this might be staged, but the point is that he goes finds failing businesses, and he reaches out to them, and he goes and he sees if this business is even something that's a viable business, that's a plan, that's something that can grow. And he tells them something. He says, look, I'm here to invest, but the bottom line is, is I need to make some profit. I'm not here to break even, and I'm definitely not here to lose money. I'm here to make a profit. But when he arrives to these places, these places are doing things really, really wrong. And in a few shows, he encounters uh, um, owners that, that are, are in denial about the circumstances that they find themselves in. They're in denial of, of where they're really at, at from a business perspective. Sometimes he actually has them to, to, to do an inventory. And they come back and they change the numbers. Because they don't want to admit that they have too much stuff that they don't need. That's a bad thing too. And, and don't have enough of what they do need. And he finally realizes it and he calls them out on it. Sometimes he gets upset and he gets angry. But basically what, what he tries to get at is for them to admit and here I put, admit that you haven't arrived. 
So you take an inventory of your life. And maybe this doesn't apply to you, but if you're still learning and you're still growing Christian, which should mean all of us, right? You thought you were going to get off. It sounds good, right? When I say, well, if you're not mature and you're you're not growing anymore, then you're good. You should always be growing and maturing. We learn that we have to admit, listen, if any of you think you're good right now, and you're willing to compare yourself to Mr. Apostle Paul, go for it. How many of you are those godly of men? He's in the Bible for a reason. I'm just saying. And even he was able to take inventory of his life and admit that he hadn't arrived yet. I haven't made it yet. I'm not there yet. I know what needs to be. I know what I need to do in my life. I know what being a good Christian is. is. I know what being a good godly husband is about. I know what being a good godly wife is about. A good godly mother. I know what it's about. But I'm going to admit to myself, after taking inventory, after making a list of all the things that I have going and not going for me, that I have not made it just yet. That even though I'm a good dad, I'm not a godly dad quite yet. Paul understood this and wasn't afraid to say in verse 13, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, very important, is forgetting what is behind and straining forward for what is ahead. The past, brothers and sisters, is going to haunt you forever if you hang on to it. The past is the things you should have done and didn't do and all the circumstances behind it that are in your rearview mirror that you keep looking at are still going to be there as long as you keep looking at them. He understood. He admitted to himself, I haven't reached that level, but also I'm not going to stay stuck and, and dwell on this. Instead, I'm going to forget what is behind. Move past. 2016 is gone. There's nothing you and I can do to bring it back. All the selfies in the world can't bring back 2016. You can look back at yourself and realize how old you've gotten in the last year. How many more wrinkles that you have. Or how much more hair you're losing. Or how dumb you look without a beard. Now you were thinking it. Two thousand sixteen is gone. She gone. And nothing we can do, brothers and sisters, can bring that back. But we forget what is behind. And we strain forward. Listen to the word he uses, right? Strain. What does to strain mean? Not easy. Some of us, after all the food we had last night, I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but I woke up and my pants were even tighter than they normally are. And if you get real quiet, you can hear my button screaming right now. You're not supposed to laugh at those jokes. Forget. Forget what is behind, brothers and sisters. And strain forward to what is ahead. There is the next hour. Let's break it down. There is the next minute, brothers and sisters. 
my effort, your effort should be to move forward towards that. I'm going to keep working. Amen. A lot of people use their past not to move forward. But 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 you don't understand. I used to be this. So? People always freak out when I do that. And I don't understand why. Oh my god, you're so straightforward. So? My parents used to hate when I used that word. You see, God was doing something even then. So bad parents. Don't say so. But really, as Christians, at some point, you have to reach the level of so. So I'm sick. So? So I lost my job. So? So what? You move forward. You strain forward. And it's tough sometimes. It's hard to get over it sometimes. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes your past, it wants to come here, come here, come here, come here. But you strain forward. By God, I will move on from this. So it hurts. So it's pain. So I cry. But man, I will move on. So you try to hold me down, Satan. So you're trying to keep me down, errors in life, mistakes. So I'm not perfect, but I will stand up. And regardless of the resistance that you feel, you say, I'm moving forward. Because we're not supposed to be stale. I talked about it last time. Nobody likes the stale chips. Nobody. And it's so deceiving. Ooh, hot Cheetos. I love hot Cheetos. Ooh, hot Cheetos. And the bag's closed, which is rare because the girls leave all my bags open. So I'm like, ooh. And it looks good. It looks perfectly. <sighs> and then you think, okay, maybe it's just the top layer. Have you ever done that? Or some out. <laughs> my day's ruined. And you say, so? Go buy another bag of chips. Our lives aren't meant to be still. In the same place all the time. Spiritually speaking, you're still the same person. I'm still the same person. No, elevate. Admit. Forget. And then it goes on to say, 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So the next one there is to target. How do you win? You have a goal. How do you hit the mark? You have a target. You set your target on something. You say, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. If you like guns, like I know a lot of brothers here like guns, target. Think about this for a little while. Your gun can be in sights. You can have everything sighted, all your scope sighted. If you don't know what you're shooting at, what does it matter? I'll give you an example. Point it up at the sky and shoot into the air and Hit something. What are you going to hit? Air? Miss. Nothing. It's not going to count for anything. You have to have a target. Because when you have a target, you know how well your gun sights are on, but you also know how good of a shot you are. Paul understood. I have to admit that I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't arrived. 
Paul had to forget the fact that, hey, I've made some errors, I've made some mistakes, I'm not there yet. But then he had to put a target and say, this is what I have to hit. This is my goal. This is my purpose right here. And that's to press on to win the prize for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In other words, brothers and sisters, your, your ability to shoot, your ability to be successful in hitting the target is only going to be known when you're standing before the Father in heaven and he points at the big gates and he says, you walk through right there. And then you enter and you say, ooh, I made it. I'm something now. I hit my target. Sin means to miss the target. Sin is always constantly trying to pull us away from hitting the target, which is heaven. It's always trying to cause you and me to sway to the right or sway to anywhere but straight. You see, because that's where heaven is. Heaven is straight. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Right? And what does he do? What does he promise? I will direct your path. I will make your path straight. So don't ever wonder, was heaven way over here? You know, it's always weird how we, we want to almost, we prefer the curves in life. We're in our car and instead of just a straight line, just drive through the back roads. For what? Just get there. Yeah, maybe I understand the scenery and whatnot, right? I understand that, but it's harder. It's more difficult. It's not as well lit. There's a lot more things that could go wrong. Instead of just taking the highway and going straight to it. Sin wants to separate us. So we have to target the goal. Paul understood this. He understood that the purpose was heavenward in Christ Jesus. 15, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. So like that was his little, he planted that. For those of you who think you're, you're right or you know better, if you don't, that means you're not very mature. But if you, either way it says, and if at some point you think differently, that too will God make clear to you. Brothers and sisters, to understand this, and then at the very end he says, only let us live up to what we have already so the last one is live up to it. Act like you've been there before. Who's ever heard that term? Right? I don't remember who I was talking to the other day about that. So you know, football player. It's a handoff, takes off, <laughs> scores a winning touchdown. And they go crazy in the end zone. They start doing all these crazy dances and stuff. As you progress in the NFL, as you progress, they start telling you, right? Like, have some maturity. Go out there and act like you've been there. In other words, don't be silly. Don't be crazy. Don't be all off and, and freaking out like, wow. Instead, act like you've been there before. Hand the ball over to the referee and say, thanks. And walk away like, like a man. That, to me, that's more manly. Right? Or a boxer knock someone out. Instead of going and standing over the guy, just turn around and walk away. Like, like, I've done that before. That's what I'm good at. That's what I do. That's my thing. It's no big deal. Kind of like the drop the mic thing. You know where that comes from, right? It's about being so sure of yourself and like just saying, like Jesus did on the cross, it is finished. That's what it's like. Jesus hung on that cross and he says, it is finished. 
And then he gave his life. He gave it, right? He dropped the mic. He acted like he had been there before. And then he resurrected. And said, What's up? Think about that for a second. Jesus must have felt awesome because he knew he never died. So he must have been like, watch this. Watch. I want to see their reaction. Watch, watch, watch. If there was GoPros back then, he would have had them set up all over the place. Just to see. Boom. Hey, told you. told you. We have to live this life like we've been there before. The godly things in this life, the spiritual aspects of this life, we, they shouldn't be like, ah, all the time. It's just, boom, I'm here. Boom, I know how to pray. I'm not going there, hey, I've been praying every day. Yeah, I've been praying every day for two hours. Every day, every day. Everybody you can find, you're telling everybody you pray. Who cares? How old, Brother Tim, they'll be, hey, so? I fasted for nine, nine months. So? It happens. Learn to handle the circumstances. Learn to handle the, 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 the things that the scripture requires you to do as a Christian. Don't always, I, I hear this a lot. Well, you know, God, just because I'm a Christian, if not, my old this or my old that. Hey, man, act like you've been a Christian for, for more than five months. It's hitting somewhere. I'm sorry, brothers. But act like you've been there. You shouldn't have to tell everybody in disclaimer, everything disclaimer. Everyone, well, man, I hold me, man, I would have punched him right in the face. Dude, you've been saved for 30 years. Why are you still hanging on to? Well, here it comes. Why are you still hanging on to the past for? I made errors. I made mistakes. I was bad. I was all those things, brother and sister. All it is is a testimony, and I don't let it be more than just a testimony. That's it. It's just a testimony. It's not me. It's not who, even who I was anymore, because I'm not that. If I'm saved and I'm spiritual and I'm godly, praise God for that. And it's between me and my God, and we move forward, and we strain for the next day. 2017 is going to be better for you and me. Because we're going to take inventory of our lives. We're going to look into our lives. We're going to see where we're at. We're going to see our failures, see what we don't have, see what the enemy stole from us because the enemy steals from us. If we weren't happy, if we were sad, he took those that joy. We're going, to, we're going to restock it. We're going to establish ourselves as godly Christian individuals. We're going to restock what we need, and then we're going to strain forward in 2017 for the goal, and that's to hit heaven. And if God comes next month, and praise God, we hit our target. And we're going to end 2017 the very same way. Taking inventory once again. Realizing that we haven't made it, none of us. We can always be more, more wise. We can always be more mature in the Lord. We can always learn much, much more. And then we do it every year, and every year, or every day even. Until we get there, brothers and sisters. So I want 2017 to be a success for all of us. But I want 2017 to be a success, not just physically, but more importantly, brothers and sisters, spiritually. But you have to want the desire and have the desire to be successful in God. In your spirituality. And when you're successful in those areas, I'm living proof, brothers and sisters, that when you're successful 
godly areas that God gives you the blessings that you always wanted. I'm counting my blessings every single day. And it has nothing to do with the way I'm working for those things. It's the way I'm working for God. So if you want blessings, brothers, if you want to grow, be like Paul. Don't be afraid to search yourself. Don't be afraid to seek the innermost being of yourself and say, hey, okay, this is where I'm at. This is really where I'm at. To admit, forget, target, to live up to. Amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. I'm going to ask you to stand.